I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for our brand new episode of Collider Ladies Night. I have a bucket list guest on the show today. It's Maggie Q, who has an excellent new movie out. It is The Protégé. Hello and huge congratulations. Thank you so much. So happy to be here. So I warned you, we start with our dice tower. I got three rolls, but I have eight questions listed here. So whatever we roll, those are the questions we're starting with. Okay, that sounds good. All right, first one. (laughs) We got a two. Two is called Never Again. Okay. What is something that you did for a role that makes you say, I'm glad I did that, but never, ever again? Um, I don't love the uh, horror genre. I know it's huge. I know that people like love those kind of movies and they make a lot of money, but like, I don't watch them because they scare me and I don't want to make them. That hurts my heart. <laughs> I know. I know. Trust me. I mean, people, I just, I don't know. It's just, for me, it's like, I think what you guys get on screen is exciting, but making them is not so, I, I, I don't love it. For what it's worth, I think you shine big time in Fantasy Island. Oh, that's so kind of I you. I mean Thank it. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Next one. We got a four. Four okay. is binge watch. What is the last TV show that you binge watched? Last TV show I binge watched. Oh, wow. I think it was a murder mystery. I think it was like Son of Sam or something. Really lighthearted like that, you know, right before bed. I mean, you don't like horror movies, but you like watching that stuff. <laughs> no, cool, I, like, yeah. I like real life mysteries and I like unfolding of like, like, I love that kind of stuff for whatever sick, dark reason. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like anything that's like kind of gratuitous and scary, like that's made up is not my thing. I don't know why. I feel you. In that case, just to follow up here, what is the scariest movie that you've ever seen? A movie that you saw once, but say, you know, if I ever walked into a room and it was on, I'm walking out. I think when, when I was young, it was The Exorcist. I got it. I saw it. It was really scary. I'm done. <laughs> All right. I got one more for you. Okay. We got a seven. Seven is, this is a weird one, but I'm calling it boring equals good. We watch you kick ass on screen time and time again. I want you to tell me the most boring, dullest hobby that you have off screen that you love? Uh, oh, boring, dullest hobby. Maybe, um, 
maybe hiking. I mean, I'm a big hiker, but it's not like an exciting thing. I mean, it's just sort of, you know, <laughs> I guess it depends how steep the trail is. It's always steep, but I find it very meditative and very just sort of like, you know, one foot in front of the other kind of thing. And I think I do it for that reason. I do it because it's like, it's not overstimulating, it's grounding. And it's just like, sort of like something I do on my own. I appreciate that. Ever since moving <laughs> out to LA, I'm a big hiking fan myself. Yeah, me too. It's my favorite part that. of being out here. Yeah, exactly. All right, to get into the meat of the interview now, Great. I was doing my reading and I read a little bit about how you got an athletic scholarship. You were looking to get into veterinary science. So I was wondering, when did the interest in acting first creep in? Was it meeting Jackie Chan that opened that door or was that itch to act there before? You know, I did sort of theater stuff when I was young and in school and that stuff was very fun for me. And I look back and I, I think about being a kid and being very performative, you know, sort of in my nature, but it was all just for fun. And it wasn't something that I ever thought that you could do. Um, I was very pushed to be very academically based in school. So for me, it was like all the creative electives were something that I wasn't really allowed to do. So I was kind of pushing in one direction. Um, not for lack of choice, but um, but so I, I ended up uh, going to school and really it was like, I was out of resources. For me, I had to work. And so I ended up in Asia because I went there on contracts to work, um, but never in the acting field. And that just sort of happened. You know, they sort of started asking for me in film and, and, and whatnot. I didn't know why that was the case. And I, I, I was a little uncomfortable about it because it wasn't something that I ever thought that I could do. So initially I rejected it and I, I didn't do it. And I said, no, and I don't need representation and this is not what I'm doing and I'm moving back home and this is gonna be a quick stint you know, in this region. And, and it wasn't, I mean, I planned to stay two months and I ended up being there for seven years and um, building a career there, which was absolutely 100% not the plan. So you go there and they're asking for you, but do yeah. you remember the first time you were performing in something mm. and something kind of clicked where mm. the art of acting felt, you know, so fulfilling and exciting to you that you walked away saying like, I need more of this feeling. That was late. I, it was later, definitely later because there was a lot of like terror that happened in the beginning because I didn't know what I was doing. And I'm, I'm not a trained actor and I'm not somebody who was, you know, fortunate enough to study and do all those things and go to, you know, even now, you know, these, these sort of kids that like, they're all in acting school and doing all that. And how wonderful, like, I, I love that stuff. And I, I would have done it, you know, had I, you know, had access to it and I didn't. So, so really for me, it was jumping in, um, getting my feet wet and um, learning along the way. And along the way, there was a lot of criticism and there was a lot of, I remember once this producer on set yelled at me and he said, you, we hired a talent and they sent you. And he said, um, you call yourself a talent? And I was like, I, I really don't. I, I don't think I'm talented. Like I'm just trying to work and make a paycheck and, and all of that. So it was really funny. You know, I mean, I had to go through that for years until I was able to, you know, have enough that I learned that was, you know, I had skills with where I had even a, a modicum of, of confidence on a set where I felt like I was actually contributing in a valuable way. Oh my, it hurts my heart that anyone ever said that to you. Yeah, it's not I, a nice thing to say, but I no. it's probably very true. It's, oh, please. It's all, it's so like wildly inappropriate. I don't like totally. it. Totally. Having gone through that though, yeah. what did you do at the time to keep, you know, your sights looking forward and not necessarily mm. say, well, this one person who's speaking to me like this sure. is right and I should give up. 
Yeah. Interesting that you say that because I think, I, I don't know what it was from a really young age or when I was 18, I moved overseas. You know, there's a lot of rejection involved, obviously in this business and, and everything I was doing at the time. And somehow for whatever reason, I don't know if I came into the world this way, but I was able to handle rejection quite well. I sort of always had a bigger picture in my head of, of where I was going or what I, what I had to offer. And I think that in those smaller moments where people were really insulting, I sort of felt like, well, it could be true. It could not be true, but whatever it is, I need to continue to work and I need to keep going. And I need to make sure that at the end of the day, it's not personal. Cause I think that if you think about it, if we don't take things personally, you can rarely get hurt. And so I don't care about those people. They don't care about me. And so I kept that into perspective kind of from a very young age. You also mentioned before when we were talking about finding that feeling where the itch to act was so overwhelming that you had to keep having that. What yeah. was that project that you were referring to before? You know what it was? It was, um, it was this movie I did so many years ago. I think it was like 1999 or something. And um, I was in New York City. And um, I was working with this director who was like a Asian American director, but he was based in Hong Kong. And we were filming this uh, movie in Manhattan. And I remember that on that film, the challenge for me, it was such a difficult film for me and probably was thrown into something where I had to perform on a level that I was, was certainly not at yet. And so I, I, I hit this challenge head on. And I remember thinking, what the hell am I doing? It's kind of the opposite of what you said. I was like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? This is, I'm not even good at this. Like, what is it that I thought that I could do in this? And I remember I was like, I was very upset. And the director, director came to me and he said, how can I help you? And I said, I, I, I don't have what it takes to do this. I, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know. And he said to me, um, do you trust me? And I said, yeah, yes, I do. I, I really like you. And he goes, you know, the script and everything and our meetings and everything that we you know, decided to do together. If you trust me, I believe that you're supposed to be here and I know you have what it takes. And if I know that and you don't know that, then you're not trusting me. And so he's like, I can see something you don't see. So I really, really need you to dig deep and see what I see just for a moment, because if you do, you're going to get to the place that you need to get to. And at that time, I remember thinking that the challenge of this business was, was so extreme that it was something that I wanted to continue to grow into because I couldn't best it and I wasn't good at it. And I knew that. And so I was sort of like, I wanted to build. So it was the opposite of going, oh, I feel so good. It was almost like I feel really crappy about what it is that I, I don't have a hold of, but I know that I love it. So I've got a lot of room to, to build on. That's the kind of stuff I, that's like the yeah. kind of stuff I want to hear from a leader. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're so discouraged that you're like, no, 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 this is not who I am. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fail. So at what point did you find that confidence in your ability in acting? Because <laughs> I've been seeing it for a long time. Oh, really? I'm still waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that every project, funnily enough, like presents a, a new-ish challenge. And I think not to whatever, but because we are talking about a specific movie right now, it was, uh, this project was so fulfilling for me because it really felt like I was, I was part of a team of people that I number one respected, who inspired me, who were people that whose work I admired. And then I was able to kind of work among them and with them. Um, I'm going to say as equals, cause we were on the same set in the same movie. I, you know, 
I use that term very loosely, but what I mean is that, you know, the collaboration factor meant that I was able to truly grow in a skill around people that I admired. And that to me, um, does, does grow you in a very specific way. And outside of ego, you are really just a sponge and you're absorbing and learning from, from sources that, you know, you, you maybe never expected. And, and that really is where it all comes together with what you're talking about. Two titles I want to hit before we jump into the protege sure. here. First, Mission Impossible 3, because we've sure. been talking about leaders on set and Tom Cruise feels like the ultimate to me. So while you're on a big yeah. set like that with him, where not only is he number one on the call sheet, but he's also a producer on the movie. Right, what right. do you see him do on a set like that that makes you say, I'm going to put that in my back pocket. And when I'm leading my own action movie, I want to do that as well. You said it though. I mean, he, Tom's a leader. And again, when you work at people at his level, there is a reason they are where they are, period. Like there's no question. So in terms of like, he's not my best friend. So I, I'm not talking about him personally, but I am talking about him as a professional. On set, his enthusiasm never wavers. I've never seen it waver. I've never seen somebody who loved what they did more and I've also never seen somebody who was so encouraging of those around him in the thing that he loves. So it's not something that you actually um, see every day. And I, maybe for people, they'll hear that and go, well, yeah, he's one of the biggest movie stars in the world. Of course he loves it. It's like, that is not true <laughs> because there are big movie stars who don't love what they do or don't show that they love what they do and aren't as encouraging or, or great leaders the way he is. And the other thing that he does that is that I felt was really important um, because I've been treated the opposite before was um, he's incredibly inclusive. And so when I got on that film, I was, you know, the call sheet was this and I was like, here, you know, I mean, I was working with some of the best people in the business and it was so exciting. They were so great. And I remember when the first day I got to set on Italy in Italy, I was um, looking for my trailer and I couldn't find it. And I was like, uh, I went to the one of the PAs and I said, Oh, I, I don't think I can't find my trailer. I'm like, <laughs> you know, and, and she's like, oh, oh, this is your trailer. And I'm like, Oh, Oh no, that's not my trailer. It's a mistake because I'm a very small fish. And I, I have a very small trailer like in my contract. And she goes, no, 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 Maggie, th this is your trailer. I'm like, it it's definitely not my trailer. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take all my bags to hair and makeup and I'll start the process. And then once you find my trailer, I'll put my stuff in my trailer. So she was very confused and I was very confused. And then I went to hair and makeup. And then later uh, uh, Tom's producing partner comes in and she says, hey, Maggie, I heard there was some confusion with your trailer. And I said, uh, oh, there is, they, they have the wrong one for me. And I'm just like waiting for them to give me the right one. She said, no, I checked it, that's your trailer. And I was like, that's not possible. And she said, oh no, Tom came yesterday to check it out and make sure that everything was a-okay. And they had your contracted trailer in the base camp with all the rest of the trailers. And he said, absolutely not. You're getting rid of this and you're getting her the same trailer everyone else has because she's a part of this movie and I don't want her coming to set feeling like she's less than. It's not okay. And so I'm like, is this a joke? And I go in and it's like, got a staircase in it. And like another story and there's like a fireplace and I'm like, what is happening right now? So he, he went out of his way to make sure that as the, the lowest, I'll call it priority on the call sheet with all the names that I was working with on the movie, that I felt like I was included. And that to me is who he is as a professional. 
This is why I love asking for Tom Cruise stories. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's many. <laughs> one more title I have to hit is obviously Nikita. That was one of the first shows that I covered heavily week to week when I first oh, started cool. in this industry. Oh, that's so, awesome. so it's got a big place in my heart. Oh, thank you. From a story and character building perspective. Mm -hmm. So that is the first time you ever got to have a long run with a character on a sure. TV show. Is there anything you learn building that character that now you can apply to your film characters, even though you have a much shorter period of time with them? Oh, wow. Um, I had never done television before Nikita. That was my first show. And so it's funny that you asked that question. So I'll answer it in like the opposite way, if that's okay with you, because I went into television as a film person and I didn't really understand it. And the producer at the time, he had produced Buffy. So he was on that for like seven years and he came on to Nikita and he sat me down for lunch and he's like, I have something very serious to talk to you about. And I was like, sure. And he's like, Maggie, um, you've never done television and you're number one. And what that means is you are going to kill yourself to make this show. And I was like, well, I kill myself when I make anything. And he's like, no, 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 you've never killed yourself for 10 months. And I'm telling you, it's the hardest job in the business and it's it's going to be devastatingly difficult for you. And I was like, okay, went into with movie mentality. And then, you know, in the first year, I mean, when I wrapped the show after the first year, I mean, I was like on an IV for like a week, you know, I shot my adrenals, my endocrine system, everything shut down because I went into it with movie enthusiasm and movie um, level standards. So I wasn't willing to make what, what I'll call TV sort of quality action, all that sort of stuff. I was like, no, 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 I'm going to go into this like the way I go into my big movies, right? And that was a huge mistake because I had no idea what it meant to pace yourself and what that longevity looked like. And so, well, I learned a huge lesson. And so pace was what I took from Nikita, not just from you know being on television, but even going into films because sometimes you you know, on the protege, it was months and months and months. And I, because of the way I broke down on that show, I really now look at things very thoughtfully in terms of where my energy goes and where it doesn't, because self-preservation is truly, I mean, it's everything. Otherwise, you, you know, you've got nothing to give. Okay. So this goes to something that I was reading in the notes for the protege. Then I was reading that you tend to push others further than they expect themselves to go when it comes to stunts <laughs> and the action sequences. So whether it's the protege or anything you've ever worked on, oh, yeah. who's someone that you really pushed that rose to the occasion, maybe even more than you expected? Hmm. You know, I, I, I don't know because what, what ends up happening with me is that uh, when I started on Nikita, we had a certain stunt coordinator, fight coordinator person, and I really tried to get what I wanted out of him. And I, I just, I was like, you know, you got to, you got to kind of know what you're dealing with, right. And who your audience is. Right. So you can kind of like ask and expect something, but then you have to gauge whether this person is capable of giving you that, or they're just not giving it to you. Right. Because those are two very different people. And so <laughs> what ended up happening for me was because I felt that my expectation was not going to be met, I had to bring on someone who I believed was going to get the job done. And I did and think, I mean, he's a big movie guy and was like, all right, fine, I'll come join you for a year. And he did. And then what happened there was I knew I couldn't keep him because he was a huge movie guy. But what I knew would happen was that if I brought that level in, we've now set the standard. The bar has been set. 
We're going to go into a second season. I can't keep him. He's going to go on to do like Sherlock Holmes or whatever, all these big movies that he does. And, um, and I now have um, a standard that's undeniable. And so when we hired in the second season, after I lost my guy and he went back to his movies, that's exactly what happened. I attracted coordinators who were like, oh, okay, well, this is going to be a huge challenge for me. And then the guy who ended up coming on and staying with me for the rest of the run of the show, I didn't know if he could do it in the beginning, but because that standard was set, he was the one who was like, okay, I know what you can do. I know what you expect. I'm here. And that guy became really kind of one of the best assets for the show. And that was really, really exciting. I'm so proud of him. And I'm so proud of what we did together because it was a grind. So you get to my expectations. You get to work closely with your stunt coordinators. And the answer to this question might just be a no and me not fully understanding how the industry works. But, you know, I'm busy watching the protege and I can tell you are super talented. You've got great choreography to work with. But then all of that footage goes over to an editor. So are you ever in a situation where you can communicate with an editor and figure out how to, you know, have an all boats rise, best support each other's work? Or is that more like Martin's department on this movie? Well, if you have a good editor, they're already going to be in that mode of like, okay, I I can see what I can see and I'm going to make this the best that I'm going to make it. On the day, what happens is if there's something that really matters to me, I will make note of it with the script supervisor so that it's in Martin's notes. So that when he is in the editing room, he doesn't forget these sort of points that really matter. He's got so much in his head. There's no way he can remember everything that's going on. So I make it a point to work closely with also with the script supervisor who's making notes for the editor, Martin. And I'll say, hey, listen, take two is the, the one that I like, or uh, we got to make sure we don't lose this piece of the sequence or blah, 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 or whatever it is. So I am an active part in it initially on the day and then my notes get taken away with the director and the editor and it's all it's fingers crossed but all bets are off after that so I want you to be able to answer this next question freely so I'm going to put up a big spoiler warning for our viewers who haven't seen the film yet but there's just so many action set pieces in this that I want to highlight because they are incredible so just so we can at least hit one right now more broadly what was the one that posed the biggest challenge or the one that you are most proudest of in the final film? Um, I think, wow, you know, we did, we did, a, yeah, you're right. We did a bunch of stuff. I mean, I, I'm really excited that Michael and I had a real like intimate fight in this because he's not known for this. And the fact that we were able to train together and learn choreography together and not only that, but also create this dance where we were really truly building a relationship within this fight you know, we're building chemistry, there are signals to each other about kind of like what lies beneath between the two of them. And that's really tough to do, to find those beats and the tone of a fight and still be able to to tell that, have a physical story that you're telling. Uh, That was really fun and a huge challenge because obviously I was like scared to death. It's Michael, I'm fighting with him. I don't want anyone to get hurt. I don't want to, you know what I mean? I just, I have to keep him safe funnily enough because that's where my head's at whenever I'm doing stuff like this. And then we had um, some bigger stunts too. We had some bigger, like um, we had huge car hits. We had big jumps. I mean, there was a, there was stuff that, um, that was incredibly scary and, what was cool was that my my crew was so supportive of what I was doing. And because they were really experienced crews, 
you know, they had told me like, I, I've never seen actors do this. Like, this is, this is all new, like to be able to witness all of this. And the fact that we watch your double, you know, rehearse for an hour and then you walk in, we were like, wait, what? Like, what's happening? Is this really happening? And is Martin really going to let her, you know, do these things? And by the end of the movie, it was just sort of like, they were like, okay, well, we, we've now, the bar's been set in a very different way for what we've witnessed in our careers. And we want to thank you for that. And it was really so cool and kind of exciting to, to do. You said uh, some of them were really scary. What was the the scariest of the bunch that even made you nervous before jumping into it? I mean, literally the jump. I mean, jumping into the job um, be, because we, you know, there's a lot of rehearsal time that goes into, you know, finding like my weight and the velocity in which I fall and when the descender has to slow down and where I hit the ground, like all this stuff, it's, it's super dangerous. But these things are designed, they're designed for safety. So, you know, you gotta have to kind of have some trust in the process, but at the same time, you know, on the day when I'm jumping in the movie, I'm jumping backwards off of these four stories, but, but on the day I had to learn the jump first. And so I had to be looking at where I'm jumping and, you know, the, the human brain does not compute, does not tell you to jump. Everything in your body tells you not to do that. And so that you're fighting, you're actually fighting with your physicality. So I can imagine how stunt people feel all the time. I mean, they, they must be constantly fighting you know, because their, their cells are like, no, you know, pulling them back, really. If it looks like I just disappeared, you <laughs> describing that brought me right back to standing on the platform, getting ready to bungee jump, where literally everything in your body says, don't say, do this. That's a perfect, yes. If you've ever <laughs> bungee jumped, you know that you're looking down and instinctually your, your body is telling you not to do it. That's kind of how it works in action movies. I have to ask you the obnoxious question now, because I truly loved this movie and I want more of you in this role. When you sign on for this movie, are you signing on for one movie or is it a situation where the door is open and you could come back for more? I would love more. I don't think I've really ever said that. I, first of all, this cast, but also like, I really want to work with Martin again. And I think it would really be really fun to team up again on something like this. We did leave it open. Um, and so we shall see. And it's not obnoxious. It's, it's fun. I mean, it's like, listen, if audiences respond to it, we'll probably get to. If they don't, then, you know, it's a different story, but we'll see. What it's worth, I'm rooting for it. Now I got to ask you the second most obnoxious question that I'm okay. hearing a lot now. Do you know the answer to the end? Do you know if anyone shot the other? Um, I do. Yes, I do. And I know kind of know what we'd go into from there. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to, I'm going to tell you what I think. And then okay, I'll just examine your reaction very okay, closely after. But I think everything in the movie points at neither of them actually shooting the other to kill. They had too many opportunities to kill each other in the movie and they never do. So I think it's the same thing here and they just part ways. I like that. You're an optimist. Yeah, I am. <laughs> You're a very stone face. I don't like that. You gave me nothing to go on. All right, I have to let you go. Okay. Just as a reminder to everyone out there, I'm sure you could already tell, I loved The Protégé. It comes out on August 20th. Do see it, Maggie. Huge congratulations. Thank and thanks for hanging so out much. with us. On this is really fun. I really appreciate it. Hold up. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.